On 11.16 SEM, The Four Diego's. G'day amigos and welcome to The Four Diego's here on 11.16 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you on this very fine Wednesday night and uh, thanks to Mark Fine on another fantastic show and the boys from the wonder years of course. Zanners and Milne always do a fantastic job on Wednesday nights. And uh, Vinny Venezuela, you're in the house. I do Welcome. like the boys better when they don't take my car park, though, uh, <laughs> Rodrigo. But uh, they are nice guys. They are here before you. Yeah, well, this is true. They have every right. And Carlos, but I'm Vinny Venezuela. Yeah. <laughs> and they're not. <laughs> Carlos. How are you, Rodgers? How are you going? Bad. Yeah, very well, thank you. I'm really well. And uh, yes. I just wanted to know how the Gold Coast United game went on the weekend for you. Look, I, I, I was there. <laughs> yeah, they, on my own. Full house? Yeah, full house on Clive, my own. Clive and you? Clive was there. Yep. They don't, they that don't would have been a Mexican way to remember. Yeah, we, we, played, yeah. we played a bit of fun and games with Rodrigo, whereas <laughs> Vinny went to Sydney to watch uh, uh, Melbourne City versus Sydney FC, and I, of course, went to Adelaide to watch yeah. Melbourne Victory. Uh, Warren, we sent to, uh, you know, I don't know, we sent to Darwin yeah. for a game, but uh, he's not back. He still hasn't come back. And, of yet. course, Rodrigo, we sent you to Gold Coast. Yeah, look, and I went because, I, because you know, I've been sitting on the fence for years, and I, I thought... <laughs> They they still had a chance to yeah. make this year's A League season, but uh, no, they weren't. They yeah. weren't there. But, so you had uh, a spot of whale watching, I hear. I did have yeah. a spot of whale watching, Carlos, and they came up very, very close. Fantastic! It was wonderful. Yep. Just, Any, anyone? Yeah. Maybe that should be a hot topic. Any A League footballer that resembles a whale? <laughs> no, no, they're well, all pretty fit looking guys. These the days. former owner of the Gold Coast. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. Um, Warren's not in the house tonight. Uh, He's been probed yeah. today. <laughs> he had a probe. Yeah, he had the uh, the probe and yeah. uh, wish him very well anyway. In, but there uh, was a run up <laughs> involved with the probe, <laughs> so I'm told. But that's how they do it these days. Oh, Vinny, <laughs> There's a couple of lines there. But uh, hey, uh, we've got a big show, big mm. show tonight. Of course, we'll talk about the A-League, the, the opener, of course, and uh, and we'll catch up with Mike McGrath a little bit later on from The Sun in the UK, and uh, we'll also talk some EPL stuff with Mike. But uh, your text messages tonight on 0433981116 if you want to have a chat to the Diegos. We always like to have a fourth Diego because the show is the four Diegos. Of course. And Warren's not in the house, so you, please give us a call, 9429-1116. We'd love to hear from you. Vinny Venezuela, uh, what is the hot topic? Look, you, you're he was a lucky man. Wasn't I know. He? Yeah. He's been, you're yes. hobnobbing. I, I was rubbing shoulders yeah. with uh, the great one. Yeah, you sent me to the Gold Coast. Which, which yeah. great one, Vinny? Uh, Super Tim. Oh, Super, Super Tim. Tim. I was at an emporium yeah. just uh, wandering by. <laughs> were, you, were, you, were you launching one of your uh, one range of, of uh, yeah, clothing yeah. and I, Timmy yeah. walked in or the yeah. other way around? Well, I was I was as well, but yeah. he sort of overshadowed <laughs> mine. I, I've only sort of got the old white bog catchers yeah, okay. on offer, but uh, yeah. he's got a, a range of... Um, <laughs> Of uh, very nice uh, products uh, mm. on sale at Superglue, and yep. uh, there was a there was a launch, and uh, little Lily, Lily Venezuela wanted to go. She insisted, and I said, I, I said very excitedly, "Yeah, sure, <laughs> let's do it, let's do it." Well, I'm there, and I sort of um, drove off and left her at home. Had to drive back and pick her up. <laughs> Queued up, met, met, met Super Tim. Yeah, photos and everything. Maybe. Photos, yeah. You can yeah. see see my little. I got a photo with Tim. Yeah. He knew me too. Uh, Lily Venezuela was a bit upset because she said, why were you talking to him so much, holding up the queue? I said, well, you know, I'm a Diego, baby. 
So she hasn't, she hasn't cashed in on that yet after 25, 23 years, what are we? 23 years? 23 now. Yeah, the kids just don't cash in on it. So but Can yeah. I just say, what I loved about meeting Super Tim was, you know, he was working at, doing it hard. Yeah. I mean, no, no, he really was. Yeah, like, you know, you've got to smile and sign things and smile and sign things and uh, to keep it moving. And um, we actually had the uh, ticket from the World Cup, the Netherlands game that we got him to sign. Yep. And I think he was just so excited to see the ticket and to see someone who had gone to the game. Mm. And it, it brought it all back for him. And so yeah. that was kind of really cool about meeting him. But Vinny, uh, he's come out. In the last week yes. or so, and he's talked about the fact he's received no love for the A-League clubs. He obviously is coming to an end of his contract in China, and he's saying, well, I can't sign for an A-League club if no one basically wants me. No one's talking to me. No one's, no one's even broached the conversation with me. So how can I join an A-League club if no one comes you know, and, yep. and talks to me about it? Absolutely. That's so madness. What, so what is the hot topic tonight? The hot topic tonight is Super Tim Cahill is he worth it? And who should come knocking on his door? Which A League team should should he be in the A League? Yeah, should, yeah. Should, should an A League team break the bank yeah. for Timmy? Yeah, zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Should an A League club break the bank for Timmy Kale? Because obviously, no one's talking to him because no. he's going to be a sensation if he comes. Yep. But the fact that he's you know you've got to pay him three or you know maybe six or seven million a year. Gee. They paid Del Piero three to four, no. uh, and they saw that as a, a, a pretty much a success, Sydney. Uh, with Timmy, he's almost double the price. Should an A-League club, given that he'll be worth anywhere between six and eight per season, um, you know, is he worth breaking the bank for? Yeah, zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. We'd love to hear your thoughts on that. And, uh, hey, boys, it's time now for some Q&A. Of course, it was the... Uh the first week of the it's A-League Rodrigo's season, Q&A. it is Rodrigo's Q&A, <laughs> or Q&A with Rodrigo Rodriguez, I kind of like a bit better. But <laughs> we've got to workshop this a bit yeah, better, I know, boys. I know. But, yeah. uh, but uh, of course, let's, let's, quick, let's talk about the, the Melbourne team. Sydney FC uh, played host to Melbourne City, and it was a one-all draw. And, um, of course, uh, Adelaide United and Melbourne Victory played out a nil-all draw. Just let's focus on those two games first. Uh, what are your thoughts there? Yes, Vinny. Can I just do quickly qualify? Last week's um, hot topic was who's going to own this town? Mm. And it was, you know, Melbourne City v Melbourne Victory, who's going to own this town? And I think that uh, whoever is going to own this town, it'll be on goal difference. <laughs> they they, they are, both drew. Oh, they did. They both drew. <laughs> and let me just say, when I saw, you know, obviously on TV, the, the players lining up in the tunnel before the game in Sydney, I was looking for anyone over the age of 21 in the Melbourne City team. They, they almost had half a youth team in that squad, and the Sydney team virtually had their full squad. And I'm thinking, this is going to be a thrashing tonight. But that Melbourne City side, the way they really hunted Sydney down, and Decker's goal, Wade Decker's mm. goal in the first half Confidence. was purely because he dispossessed Fatty, yep. Yark Fatty, in his own half. And, uh, and Fornaroli looks a really good player. I just love the mobility of the team. I love the way they pressed Sydney. And I thought there was their inexperience in the end in the second half that they couldn't prolong that. But, geez, they've got some kids there at, uh, at Melbourne City that I'm really impressed with. And they don't even—they're missing the likes of David Williams at the moment, uh, Michael Zullo, Ivan Franich, who won't be re- ready till December. Um, Moy was jet lagged. Moy was jet lagged. Yeah, they face him in the right way. Absolutely, to go on. <laughs> absolutely. He's... And there's a few others who are out at the moment. I think things are looking really good, but it's a derby this week, so we're not, we're not quite sure. But Vinny, you know, you were at the game in Sydney, so you know, what were your thoughts? Look, great atmosphere. Really loved it all. Um, Melbourne City were very, very pleasing and, you know, and 
unfortunate with the draw. I thought they deserved more out of the game. I know Arnie bangs on about how, you know, we had a few more shots at goal, but uh, you know, Melbourne City, they're going to be interesting to watch. Uh, that was week. a moral win for Melbourne yeah, City. Absolutely. I thought out of the two teams, the way they complete, I mean, Sydney started off well, and you can see they're going to be a good side in time. No Graham Arnold side these days is going to be a bad team. But the way City set up and the way they were able to shift across from one side to the other uh, when uh, Sydney were, you know, changing the point of direction of play, I thought the mobility of that side, there was just no one who was not on task. And uh, so I thought there was a lot of upside there for Melbourne City. They would have walked away really, really happy with that. Uh, Sydney expect better, but mm. first game, it's rusty and one they didn't lose the game, so they're fine. Even though I do like one of their kids, Brandon O'Neill. He's a really good player. Yeah, and uh, and he was uh, he, he was pretty good. Holosko scored for them. Yep. Yeah. That was it, a beautiful goal, by the way, that Sydney it was. scored. It was a part, it was three ball to Alex Brosk. Yep. Who, by the way, I remember years ago, Alex Postagoglu saying that Alex Brosk was the next Harry Kuehl. I'm talking about when 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 he had him as a Joey in under-17s, under-19s and young Socceroos. And I and for years and years and years, I, I was sort of trying to see what what have they seen in Alex Bross? What have they seen? But as he matures, with the leadership at Sydney, uh, my God, he's just a terrific player. And he's just such a great, balanced, quick player. Yeah. And a leader now, really mature. I think you're going to get a lot of consistency from him. He's too. a smart footballer, mm. and he and he positions himself very well. And he's always a threat. Absolutely. Look, I was whale watching with uh, Clive Palmer <laughs> at the time. So, um, how was Robbie Corrin? How how did he play? Because I've seen some highlights. Looked like he could have had a penalty. Was that? Yeah, he should, he uh, Luke, Luke here says, yeah. uh, "What about the penalty in the first half? Not given to and, Robbie." You know, this is the thing. Like it was obviously. Uh, you know, the player probably drew the contact with the ref. It was one of those ones where the player was running into the penalty area at pace. The, the goalkeeper comes out at his feet and throws himself. And, of course, the momentum of the goalkeeper and the player, if you make contact with the player, they're going to do a somersault, whatever. Mm. Uh, and Robbie Corrin had knocked the ball just just touched to the head of him before he got contact. For me, that's a penalty. Every day of the week, every ground in the world, <laughs> at every level of the game, that is a penalty. Yep. And apparently Ben Williams said to one of the players who complained, saying, no, the, the player drew the contact rather the other way around. Well, you know, it, it wasn't so clear that he drew the contact, number one. They were both going at pace. That is a penalty to me. Well, how do you define drawing the contact? Like, it's uh, where you're searching for the goal. Instead of you sort of avoiding the goalkeeper, you're searching for the touch. Uh, for me, I mean, players are doing that all the time. You might as well stamp out half the free kicks around the ground Half the penalties in world football, if you're saying a player cannot initiate contact. I mean, if it, you know, the players these days are really good at it, and you've got to give it. You can't be overthinking these things. Mm. A penalty is a penalty. You've got to give it. Mm. So I thought they were desperately unlucky. And to answer your question about Robert Corrin, yes. I thought he was just one of the many parts of that, of that, of that team that did very well. Um, I think you'll find that he'll be a player... In the collective, there will be a really, really good player for them this year. I don't know whether he'll ever be a Broich for them or uh, you know, or, or an absolute star, one of the stars of the competition, but he'll be a really good player in amongst that whole team at the moment. You'd think he'd be a better player this year, given that oh. he's had a pre-season. You know, he, he understands the structure a bit better. He's being played more in midfield this year. Well, um, we'll, we'll see where, where, what happens to him. But yep. I think this this year there's no tolerance for mm. feeling your feet anymore, especially with such an experienced campaigner. No doubt there's pressure on him to perform. Mm. He's got to, you know, come to the party. Yeah. 
Yeah, looking forward to the derby. We'll talk about that uh, very, very soon. But what about uh, Melbourne Victory's uh, game against Adelaide United? It was a, a nil-all draw. Lee Broxham was sent off in this oh. game. Uh, I know. Let, let's get yeah. that out of the way first because yeah, yeah. we're getting a couple of text messages yeah. here about some of the refereeing you know, decisions. There's <laughs> half of them that have gone full-time. Mm. For me, if a referee's <laughs> going full-time... Which half, Carlos? Uh, well, yeah, if yeah. a referee's going full-time... Right. Mm. Not only are they expected to give the the right penalty or the right free kick, I expect them to take the penalty and score a hat trick to the referees. I expect them to improve their performance by double and triple. Right. Now I don't know if Peter Green. I don't believe he's one of the full time refs, but it's they're getting there. They're moving towards that. They're going to start. But he was no more than ten minutes from the incident. Lee Broxham, who was a great player for them, he jumped up and I tell you, he he's. His forearm would have brushed the back of Isaiah's head. And Isaiah's clearly went to ground. Simulated. He was drawing the elbow Absolutely. there, Carlos. He drew the elbow. He drew the elbow. He drew the elbow. <laughs> and, and it wasn't even a yellow card for me. It was a free kick. Just because someone's on the brush. yellow early, from earlier doesn't mean that any foul going forward is another yellow. Now, these referees, it's like they want to find that moment. What they should be doing is avoiding that moment. Do not ruin the game if you don't have to. And that, was, that certainly wasn't a clear elbow to the head. And it did stop Melbourne Victory winning that game, I believe. I've said it before, and I'll say it again, and I'll keep saying it until it happens. But tell me why you just can't have video monitoring of these things because it, it's, it's getting easier and easier and faster and faster. It's up on the screen. And and the whistle hasn't stopped sounding. It's you know the the, the trill of the whistle is resonating still. Yep. And we we why we can't use the technology uh, to our benefit and to the benefit of the game so that the right decision is made in both the instances we've spoken about today. You know, just I, I agree. You know, the, the, drives the, me to distraction. That's you know, what it does. There's such a melee after one of these instances. It takes like two or three minutes for the player to get off the park because everyone's arguing. Everyone's what Lee Broxton firstly was incredulous at the decision number one. He's sort of smiling, and then after a while, he's really angry. And people holding <laughs> him back, and then he's just resigned to the fact. So it takes him three minutes to walk off. Surely, <laughs> instead of having that whole three minutes of just people argy bargy re- arguing, referees trying to justify whatever, just go to the third umpire or whatever you call it, you know, what do you call it, the football one, the fourth umpire or whatever, and just look at the video, tell us what you think, and that's it. No argument. The guys will be taking the pitch with their mobile phones soon, <laughs> just so, and they'll just be showing them, look, here it is. It's true. It's up on Twitter already. I know, it's true. But uh, victory dominated uh, this game by and large. Uh, they, they, should, they should have got a result. So what, what was some what some of the highlights from your perspective? Look, uh, I reckon... I'm not happy about the the Broxham incident because he misses out on on the mm. derby and that's going to you know potentially hurt could affect could affect that outcome because he's such an important player. But I have to say that Barisha just wasn't on his game and really I think Victory should have won that one quite easily and we we missed a few sitters. Yeah, well Barbarossa's got one in the back of the net but it was offside yeah. or a couple of others. But Barisha's touch just wasn't there. He could have got a got himself yeah. a foul. There was one time I'm just surprised at his lack of awareness. Uh, he had yeah, Ben Calfalar. Yeah, Ben Calfalar just a late, just a sideways ball would have just tapped it in but yep. he just decided to one extra touch and the young boy John Hall, mm. the goalkeeper from Adelaide United. I was lucky enough to meet that boy a couple of weeks ago. I had no idea that he would ever, ever play for... Obviously, he's number two keeper there, so obviously there's a chance of him playing. But Eugene Galekovic is number one there. Now Eugene is out for six weeks with an injury. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Suddenly, John Hall gets a run in the first team, and I thought he did really well. 
in his first game when he really wasn't expected to play. So, um, yeah, good on John, and I think he's another boy. John Cosmina said something really interesting about him, saying that this boy at another club would be already a first-team keeper, and I thought he did well enough to probably justify that. Uh, George Howard would have had a lot of pressure on him coming on for the three seconds that they put him on. And can I just say, you know, if I have my time again and, and, and the coach wants to put me on for three seconds, I'm just going to say, no, I'm not going to do it. I, I refuse. It's like Sorry. My, my dream when Jose Mourinho wanted, wanted to put me on, I said, no, don't worry about Jose. I'm, I'm fine I'm right okay. here. I'm okay. You're so humble. Yeah. Oh, let's, uh, we're taking your calls tonight, 94291116. The hot topic tonight was... Uh, um, about Tim Kale, should A-League clubs break the bank? Got a couple here. Hi, guys. No, Kale is no Messi or Ronaldo. That's uh, Marie. Yeah, but we never get... Marie, I love you, Marie. And I love the fact that you, <laughs> you like the way we look and the way we sound. I don't know if she has said the no, way she we look. No, no she, uh, she talks about how sexy the voices are, yeah. but she would have gone on the website, and I'm surprised <laughs> she's still saying it. But anyway, <laughs> Marie... Uh, there's no chance of ever Ronaldo coming here to play or Messi. So, you know, you don't have to go that far. Up. I mean, if you're talking about Del Piero, we paid $4 million for Del Piero. Would you pay $4 million a year for a Timmy Cale? And the he question might take, is, he might take it. It's the impact that Timmy would have. You take a, a club that's sort of, say, Melbourne City. Yep. They, get, they get someone like Timmy Cale, I reckon, for at least... Four or five rounds, they got four or five thousand people more coming every game. I think at least, more, um, you saw, at least, me. You were at you were at the launch of his gear. How oh, many, what was the line? People like, there who didn't even yeah. know Tim Carr was. I were queuing up. Okay, there you go. That, that's the the impact is just not only him as a footballer, and he's still scoring goals wherever yeah. he goes. The impact is oh, he's loved. Yeah, the, 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 the cameras at the training all the time. They'll be the thing. The I think thing, they'd get ten thousand. There is a good chance that uh, with someone like Tim Cahill. He, he, he's known more in Australia. He's, he's got broader exposure in Australia than someone like um, Del Piero would have had. Mm. Del Piero, everyone who loves the game knows Del Piero. But yep. for, for someone who, the novice, who just watches the Socceroos, they all know Super Tim. And I, I yep. think that that's a Super Tim X factor right there. Mm. Here, Diesel George says, I think the topic should be, what the hell is Tim's manager doing? Tim is shopping himself around. That's exactly what's happening, uh, Diesel George. And uh, yep. Theo in Hampton, hi, guys. Do you think that Tim would come to victory uh, for a million dollars? Dollars a year, a brand new Mercedes, and some KFC vouchers. Let's roll out the red carpet. <laughs> Thanks, Theo. No, I, I think it's uh, not enough, mate. You got to, you got to go four, five. Actually, I reckon the reason why he's saying, "Look, I'm not there," because it looks like it's unlikely because no one's even talking to me. It's like no one's even putting an offer. Too now, scared. obviously, to put an offer in, they must have an idea what the ballpark is, and I think the ballpark. I think he's getting eight million in China, six to eight million. Gee. So, to for him to come back, even at a discount, five mil. Four, four to five mil, you know, plus yeah. all the other endorsements he gets. Just a call, Tim. Can we move on this? Like yeah. you know, oh, no. three million. Yeah. Would you move th- anyway? It's a big move. No, three mil's not enough. No, no. You got to go four or five mil. But you'd say no one's talking to him. No, no. nobody's put an offer to to him. But maybe yeah. yeah but no one's talked to him. But yeah. someone might be talking to his people. Yeah, of course. And his people might be saying, huh? They might be laughing their heads off mm. at the, the of the you know mention of a four million or five million. You say to Super Tim, we'll put you next door to Archie. Like you know, <laughs> no, you can live next door to Archie. Yeah, you probably think that's that's all right. Yeah. I'll do that. That'll be happy Ta- times. Archie will never retire if Timmy comes to play a victory. <laughs> all right, we'll, we'll come back to this topic throughout the show, and we'll also uh, catch up with more on on the other A League games as well, and uh, of course the big derby coming up this weekend. This is the Four Diego's on eleven. SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. If your club has a coach who's a liar, a cheat, and a no-good, low-down, dirty rat, it looks to me like you've got yourself a winning coach. 
This has been a profound coaching moment by the four Diego's. On 1116 SEN, the Four Diegos. Yes, it's Wednesday. It's fine. It's 21 degrees still. It's a beautiful night. It's going to get hotter tomorrow. 34 degrees expected. Having a good night. Thanks for your text messages so far. We'll catch up with Mike McGrath from The Sun a little bit later on. The hot topic tonight is should A-League clubs break the bank for Timmy? And we're getting a few interesting text messages here on 0433981116. We'll quickly go through some more. Is there only really three teams who could afford Tim? That's uh, Sydney, Victory, and City. The rest couldn't. That's well, but, Luke. Uh, look, um, you'd have to. It, well, I'm not sure what's happened with Brisbane Raw, uh, but they're, the Bakery Group. Yeah, the Bakery Group not even paying Super at the moment, so <laughs> you can't go down that track. Uh, Newcastle. Well, it depends on who takes over. Super Newcastle. On five million dollars, Carlos. That's a lot. Yeah, uh, they'd, they'd fill that stadium. <laughs> no, but they'd fill that stadium all the time if uh, if. You know, if Timmy was playing in Newcastle, that's for sure, because it's such a community thing. Uh, but I don't think they've got the money. Adelaide, well, you know, you just don't know with Adelaide. You'd probably need a wealthy benefactor there. Victory had paid from their own resources, but as part of a marketing thing. Mm. City Group, you know, that's petty cash for them. <laughs> so that there is, And Sydney, well, really, you'd think Sydney call themselves the biggest club in Australia. I don't know why. Oh, yeah. But if you're the biggest club in Australia, we'll find the money. Yep. You know, and like you did with Del Piero. And you've got a decent side to put around him these days. So Del Piero was crucified with that team they'd put around him. Wellington could just pass the hat around New Zealand. <laughs> you think you'd, and they, they'd come up with the cash, surely. Yeah. You'd, you'd think Western Sydney Wanderers, you know, could potentially. Yeah, that's right. But I think... Uh, He's from uh, there? Yeah, good good point, Rogers. I think, uh, yeah, they've got wealthy owners too. Yeah, so, have yeah. a good, good yeah. uh, supporter base. Mm. Uh, Melbourne City should break the bank for Tim Cale. Not that it's a bank that can no. be broken. That's no. Peter and It's Geelong. a pity bank. Piggy yeah, bank. they just find anything to put up yeah. their rates. Um, yeah. Cale is our messy, so you'd break the bank for him, no doubt. That's anonymous. So mm. getting, nice getting an interesting uh, yeah. mix there from... Uh, from our text messages on zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen, Carlos, you just wanted to yes, our congratulate. Friend, look, we've got a lot of friends out there, but I want to be very, very uh, narrow with my congratulations now. Our Albanian friends have mm. qualified for the Euro finals in France next year, uh, finishing second in their group uh, to Portugal and uh, Group I in the overnight. Uh, I'd like to also congratulate our Austrian friends who qualified top of their group, uh, Group G, uh, with Russia second. And uh, they're through. And also our Northern Irish friends, they're, they're uh, through. And, of course, uh, our POMs, our English mates, uh, uh, got through. And um, who else is there? That's, Italy uh, got through. Yeah, Italy, yeah, they're, they're always going to get Top. through. Yeah, but Wales is through. And then we get to see Gareth Bale in a major competition. And there's some good players there. Aaron Ramsey also plays for Wales, too. Uh, that, that's great that they got through. And, uh, and I, our, our Icelandic friends... <laughs> You know, the cold ones who always, you know, the cold, the, ones. The cold ones who always wearing gloves day and night in the heat. In no the matter, cold. that's right. Summer, winter. So we've got some unfashionable um, pl- uh, teams that have got through, but they've done it through a, a you know ten game qualifying process. So they're good teams, and I cannot wait to see some of the uh, some of these unheralded teams playing in France I, next I year. I love Dums um, Ibrahimovic's quote saying, "You know, I can't imagine a Euro without me in it because <laughs> they've got to go into the playoff." Yeah. And uh, former A League star uh, Mark Yanko scored twice for Austria against uh, yeah. that. Uh, Huge country, Liechtenstein. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of pumped him up a little bit before during the break. It doesn't uh, matter, mate. Still a good effort. Fresh from the A-League. A-League's very own, Mark Mm, Yanko. Exactly. Mm. Hey, um, let's let's, um, 
obviously we've got some the other games. Obviously, uh, Wellington Phoenix uh, were defeated by Newcastle Jets two uh, one. Um, we also had Central Coast Mariners defeat Perth Glory three two, and uh, Western Sydney Wanderers go down to Brisbane Raw three one. So I think out of that lot, Brisbane Raw. That that was the, the Brisbane Raw Western Sydney Wanderers game was was excellent. Yeah, wasn't it, uh, look, I thought that was a, a cracking first half and a great way to. Yeah, ha- I ha- I yeah. was worried about uh, the Wanderers given what they dished up uh, last season, but uh, they came out and they are a different team, and I think they are if they keep up what they're doing, they're going to be very dangerous. Uh, they they're remodelled, revamped, souped up. They they're hot to trot. Yeah, but they lost three one, and they, they lost three one. You can see three goals in the first half. Technically, <laughs> I'm wrong. But you've seen something. I'm seeing things, so, Carlos. There are people, Vinny, out there driving their cars who listen to the Diego's and know nothing about world football, mm. but because we don't either, they kind of like us. <laughs> now, Vinny, you built <laughs> that up like they're going to win the league, Carlos. but you've got to throw in the fact that they have lost. They lost Give, the game three one. They did lose three one. Two. Uh, a couple of set pieces in there. Yeah, but. and there's some soft goals as yeah. well along the way. And but who did you love? Who did you love? Uh, I, I like Pio Vacardi, the, uh, the, the Wanderers uh, yeah. striker. It was a Thursday night game, yeah. and I thought, oh, Thursday night, it's not really a traditional game. I, I, I watched the game, and from the first minute, it had me enthralled. Yeah. It was fantastic, the atmosphere and everything, but Pio Vacardi, I like him. I, I, I liked him. I, I just thought they're looking different, and they're looking uh, a little bit lethal. Like, you know, last, last season... They, they they used to win. They're a bit like the Chelsea where they could force a win out of nothing. They didn't give you spectacular football all the time. They, they were very clinical and methodical. And, and you mean the Popper, year before. And the year before, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Popper knows had a, yeah. No, not last year. Sorry, the year yeah. before. And Popper knows how to sort of build from the back and so forth. Whereas I'm actually seeing, I feel like they're dynamic and, 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 and going to be good to watch. You, you liked them, even though they were in the yeah, end, on the like scoreboard, them. they yeah, comprehensively. Yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. score, yeah. take it or leave it. Yeah, Mitch know. Nichols was good for them, but uh, yeah, I want to talk right. about Brisbane for a minute. Firstly, Johnny Aloisi. Yeah, yeah. I'm so happy for him. Yeah, and I hope the way my voice went up there, it did. It no, just no, showed, it, it, I'm so happy for him. It just it <laughs> wreaked excitement. Really, yeah, because yeah, I just want people to get that message that this guy had was a coach who oversaw a team that lost 18 in a row. Yes. in his first coaching stint. I mean, that's that's life ending. <laughs> I did tweet life Carlos. That, that's Carlos, life ending. I, I did tweet that he should perhaps consider retiring <laughs> after the, after the yeah. win. Just and, I, to, and I felt so much for him in this game because I'm thinking I want you so much to win this game because. 19 in a row loss is not good, right? Mm. So, uh, but he won, they won the game, and little Jamie McLaren. Yeah, you know, he was good. Usually, <laughs> usually when you play, you know, the prong up front, mm. he doesn't really want to play by himself. Like the lone prong up front, they never, they never look happy. They never look like they want to run. They, they, they get sick and tired of no one's kicking the ball near them. They just have to run lost causes all the time. But this Jamie McLaren, he on, runs. On debut for yeah, the on, new club. On the non debut for the new club. He ran for fun. He chased things down for fun, and he made the first goal with a Hamill mistake. Yep, just through just pure tenacity. And then uh, it was a poacher's goal in the second one. I just love the kid. He's a Victorian too, by the way. Yep. His family's from Melbourne, so uh, we'll try and get him uh, down in the next couple of weeks because uh, I just thought he was wonderful. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And uh, John's got Ross, his brother, yes. in his corner now. <laughs> nobody's going to bag John because Ross will come after you. But, absolutely. Uh, so you know they, they're obviously setting up a branch of their tiling business <laughs> at the moment because that's their main source of income. Yeah. But uh, it's good to see, and uh, hopefully we'll get uh, we'll get one of the Aloisi boys on the show. Rodrigo, yeah, I think week. the fact that they probably sort of drive each, you know, that they share the, the, the ride to, to the game also helps Raw with their financial difficulties, yeah, you know. Yeah. It's just sort of one company car. I reckon, Mr. I reckon the dad has just said to John, listen, 
I want you to hire. <laughs> Get him out of the house. I want you to hire the brother because he's really making a mess of our childing business. <laughs> And you've got to get Ross on the bench. Because your mum sort of likes you both sitting next to each other. It's a bit of a dream come true. So it was really a mum's mm, wish, nice. I think. <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah. hey, so, look, you did mention Mitch Nichols. And I think mm. uh, Mitch Nichols has been a little bit of a journeyman. And I think uh, last season with Perth, like, you know, he started with victory. Then he disappeared. Then he came back with Perth glory. And then he sort of got lost. He was in Japan for a while. Yeah, and, you yeah. know, and he got he got lured. Yeah. By the wrong things. Tempted. Yeah. He's young, though. But uh, so Money. I thought... Vinny, he's young. You're allowed to... You know, he's allowed to be Lord. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, a, I, I'm giving him license to do that, but yeah. I just think that uh, he needs to have a really good season mm. just to put put his name, you know, put himself back on the map because yeah. he's a good player yeah, and he certainly right. imposed himself on the game. Yeah, my wife reckons he needs to get married. Yeah. He needs well, to get married, settle down, have it more... Because he's obviously a talented player. He's been picked for the Socceroos and he's been part of some really good side. Brisbane Raw, oh, under Edge Foster awesome Cogley. He won premierships. Mm. And this guy's a kid running around. He was around. great at victory. Yeah, he needs to be married. He needs to have an anchor. He needs to be able to be settled. He needs to have feeding concrete. <laughs> In a good way, by the it's way. Very traditional of you, Carlos. Well, I and, just think from a plain point not, not, yeah. not in a threatening way. No, no, and don't worry if you don't love the woman. Just <laughs> get married for your career's sake. That's not very good advice there, Carlos. <laughs> no, no, for his, for footballers at that so, level. So if you were his agent. There's a hot topic for you. Would you marry someone for, with, that you didn't love so you could become a better footballer? Gee, oh, well, that's, a, that's a great hot topic. Imagine if you signed we'll up get... to a club and they'd had an arranged marriage for you and you will marry. <laughs> yeah. Sign this. Yeah, it's your right. salary. Yeah. And sign this. Yeah. This is your wife. <laughs> who will get half of that salary yeah. if you ever leave her. But I'll anyway. Tell you what, if my mum and dad were running a club, everyone arranged marriage for everyone. Absolutely. Gee, Absolutely. That's interesting. Interesting. Uh, Interesting uh, management yeah. there, Carlos. Will play. Hey, um, let's uh, stop talking about arranged marriages. We've got the big uh, derby this uh, weekend. Melbourne victory take on uh, Melbourne City. Round two comes upon us very nice and quickly. Mm. Looking forward to this. Yeah. Uh, going to be Venezuela. huge. You're going? I'm there. I'm going. Yep. You going, Carl? I'd like to. Oh, I'd like to go. No one invited you? No, sometimes, you know, with the big games like that, sitting with you guys, I get distracted. We like to talk. Yeah, you like to look at the flares. You like to look at him. Like, <laughs> Vinny, Vinny likes to look at play, you know, people in the crowd that are misbehaving and yep. just basically mm-hmm. tell them off. It just distracts me sometimes. But, but you know, it, I've got a ticket. Ready to go. Yeah, now looking forward to it, Vinny. It's going to be a huge game. And I, I just think, uh, given that both teams drew, it's just going to sort of up the level and the intensity. So I mean, we never saw, Vinny, even with, when City were at their worst, even when they were hard, and they weren't when, you, when the Derby time, mm. you just didn't know what was going to happen, happen yep. on that day. Changes. It really, changes. I mean, everyone talks about Derby's being no indication of form. It's true in the, when it comes to those two teams. I mean, Hearts had some of their best achievements in derbies when they were a poor team. So uh, I just, but I just love victory at the moment. I love Kevin Musket the way he's coaching them. I'm really, really getting excited about um, about Melbourne City. The depth they have in that squad already, and we already got an SMS through that. Um, you know, their national youth team won the competition last year. But for me, I don't get excited about that. I get excited if any of those players go on and play first-team football. And already they had Decker, they had Zini. And by the way, hello to his father out there. Yes, Andrew Zini was a great yeah. Australian footballer uh, years ago. And they had one more coming through. Who was the other one? Uh, Retray was a youth team player. They've got a few of them coming through. Uh, Espadola. Espadola was the other one. So uh, uh, just 
terrific talents, and they all graduated from that youth team who won the league. Which I is think uh, I do think though that well, I'd like to think that Victory are going to bring it home only because Barish has got to make up, pay the debt that he he left unpaid it in Adelaide. Yeah, well, I think Ben Kalfalar has ben. Every, every right yeah, to, to point the finger into the breastbone of Barisha. <laughs> Barisha's that, got a big breastbone. That would be an interesting uh, yeah. fight. I mean, Barisha's done it to others. So <laughs> Ben Kalfalar pointing the finger Controlled into, the, fight. into the breastbone yeah. and he, say, hey. He did flail an arm. He did flail an arm did saying, he? why weren't you making yeah. a run for the front post when I, where I put the ball? Oh, really? Is that yeah, what, I, did, okay. I did see a little oh, bit okay. of um, yeah, tension. Yeah. But, it, but I think there's a bit of payback there. Mano to mano. Is that how it is? Mano to mano? Mano a mano. Mano a mano. There yeah. you go. I don't know what that means. Yeah, yeah, anyway. no, no. Those boys don't fight. They're uh, yeah. professional. All four just talking it out, hugging it out. <laughs> Next time, pass. You know, don't, <laughs> time. you don't always have to score. Hey, I noticed that uh, you didn't run for the front post when I, you know, pleasantly, <laughs> yeah. gently put the ball yeah. there for you. Yes, let's talk it out. Perhaps desist. But anyway, that's that's on Saturday night at 7.30 at Etihad Stadium. So how, many, how many reckon they're going to get? I reckon Look, it'll be full. What, 50,000? 50, nearly full. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it holds 50,000. It's always a bit under. No, I reckon it's going to be big. It holds 52, Apart from the members where, you know, the medallion people who are fickle and uh, who might not go to the football. No, I don't... I, I think just, it'll be... I, I think don't it's know. Be... I was disappointed with this, the Adelaide-Melbourne victory crowd, 19,000 at Adelaide Oval. Really disappointed. Yeah. And the Sydney one was, what, 17, 18? Yeah. It's got to be bigger than that. 17. Yeah, no, it'll, be thir- it'll hit 30 no, no, hit 30. Oh, no, but think, is that what we expect from derbies these no, days? I think 40. I think... You're going to get 40. 40. I think 40 early in the season. Hopefully the weather's nice. Um, 40. No, well, I was, in, had, I was at full had. house, but I'll go 35 to 40. I reckon near 40. They've already sold 30,000 oh, tickets. No, well, it'll be 40. Really? You know, yeah. I've, I've worked in the ticketing industry, Carlos. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I know that uh, if you've got pre-sales oh, yeah, really? of 30,000 on Wednesday. Right, okay. In the booth selling yeah. them. Yeah, no, no. Yes, yeah. absolutely. The MCG many times, Vinny. Counting, so, counting cash back so, in the so day. So you're talking about walk-ups. Walk-ups, yeah. No, look, if you've got 30 on Wednesday, yeah. you'll have 35 by Friday. Yeah. You know, you, how, you about, should... how many walk-ups on the night, Mr. Expert Ticket Man? Oh, no, no. You'll get it. Look, for, for, a, for a high-ticket event, Carlos, uh, <laughs> no, I think there'll be <laughs> not 5,000, 10,000. You can absolutely get it. Really? For 80, 80 holds 50, 50-odd, 55,000 50, yeah. um, or thereabouts. You know, for some rugby games, they've got 54. So... Um, okay, well, I, I'd be disappointed. Firstly, now that you've told me that, hmm. I'd be dis- obviously I'll get 40, but I'd be disappointed if it's, it's at 40. We've got to start now saying that this is going to be 45. <laughs> Don't be disappointed. I got 43,000 uh, round really three uh, last year, Carlos. Yeah, good. They're the sort of numbers we need. Looking forward yeah. to the first derby of the year, Melbourne victory take on Melbourne City, 7.30 at Etihad Stadium. Let's take a break now and come back with Mike McGrath from the UK right after this on the Four Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. The coach? Oh, he's fair. He treats us all the same, like dogs. This has been a sad coaching moment by the four Diego's. Yes, it is the four Diego's here on the Wednesday night, and coming up after the Diego's, it's all night appetite uh, with uh, Scott Cooney. Appetite. <laughs> Look, let's just. Let's not, back like over, me, yeah, let's not back over. Let's not back over. Slight, slight errors in enunciation. Yeah, not even worry. pronunciation. That's a whole show for me, mate. All right, uh, it's time to go across to the UK and catch up with our man Mike McGrath from the Sun. G'day, Mike. 
Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. You could have said hello, guys. <laughs> anyway, um, we're being very picky tonight. Um, Rodrigo here. Vinny's here. Warren's not tonight, but uh, he sends you his regards. And uh, Carlos is here as well. Hey, um, Liverpool have unveiled uh, their new coach, Jurgen Klopp. What's been the reception of the man in the UK? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're kind of eating out of his palms at the moment. He's got us kind of in raptures, ready for Saturday at White Hart Lane. Um, he's really, you know, breath of fresh air for us. You know, we, we've kind of lost a few of our good players to Spain, but it's really exciting that we, we reckon in the Premier League now we've got one of the best um, the best managers around. Uh, a massive coup for Liverpool, massive coup for us. Uh, and really just can't wait to kind of see him in action and um, kind of hear more of his press conferences and interviews and um, see what he can do with the Liverpool team because there's big expectation now on him. Uh, Mike, I think he, he goes around as a soft proclaimed normal one not the special one um and he sort of uh he sort of built teams up over time do you think that uh they will be generous with him and give him the time he requires uh yeah i do i think in you know a really important thing is the the fan reception um and he can do no wrong in their eyes he's re- they've really taken to him um so i think it will be um a really great a- atmosphere at Anfield when he starts next week against Ruben Kazan um, there again. And I do think that he will get time to get it right. But I also, I think there's there's some quite kind of quiet optimism that he could actually galvanise this team and get the, you know, get a decent season out of them because, you know, with Chelsea doing what they're doing at the moment, i.e. plummeting, um, and Man United as well, they were top not so long ago. It seems like, you know, there are there are um, the seasons there for the taking if they if they want you know you know maybe not winning anything but you know making progress on last year. Mike, it's Carlos. Why do you think he? I mean, it didn't seem like there was a lot of argy bargy in negotiation with him. It seemed like it was very very seamless. Uh, you know, offering the job, he took the job. This guy's is not an up and coming coach. This guy's done a very, very good job with Dortmund over a number of years. He's won Champions League, he's won Bundesliga against you know, some say of this generation, Bayern Munich's probably the best one of the best teams of this this generation. Well he competed against them and beat them uh with his Dortmund mm. team. Um wh- why do you think Liverpool uh, the team that doesn't have the squad that would probably challenge for the to win the title. Not now, and probably not in within the next two or three years because of the issue that they don't have the budget to buy the players they need to do that. Why do you think he took this job? I think um, just from doing some work about, uh, on this story that the fit of the club and of the city as well. Um, he's only been at two clubs as a manager, Mainz and Dortmund, and both are quite similar in characteristics to Liverpool and being football mad is one of those characteristics uh, and not necessarily linked with um, the the real kind of bright lights and glitz and glamour of London or in, in Germany being uh, Berlin or Munich. And he really likes those projects, those football mad fans and being part of something rather than just, right, I'm going to go there for a few years, try and win a few 
trophies and then move on to the next one. I think he really sees it as a personal project. I think that was a big thing to to do with it. Um, and the fact that he obviously sees some potential to do that in the in the club as well with what they've got um, as well as the city. Um, so I just think all in all, it was a really a really good fit for both club and manager. Hey, Mike, speaking of guys who like projects, um, Sam Allardyce clearly likes a, a project. Uh, he's now the head honcho at Sunderland. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think I think it's a, that's probably the best manager that they could have got for the situation that they're in. Uh, I think Big Sam knows his way around survival in the Premier League. He knows his way around better than that, actually. You know, he's, he's taken Bolton to Europe. Uh, but I think he will be the the absolute, if they've got any chance of staying up, um, I think Sam will get it out of them. Um, he's, you know, probably a bit underrated as a manager, I think, still. You know, I, I think he was quite harshly dealt with at, at West Ham in the end. Um, they don't seem too bothered about it now because they've got Billich and they're winning games. But I think he still is a good manager and... And I just, I, I do think it'll go to the wire with them. I don't think it'll be easy going for them, but I just think that they've got a massive chance now that they've got Big Sam there. Yes, and Mike, we know that he's got a history of basically taking these these teams and just galvanising the team. And he, a lot of the quotes have been really heartening. I really like Sam Allardyce. We got a chance to interview him a few years ago, and he's sort of player that uh, you don't know. You know he's got football knowledge, but you don't know about the tactical side of him because what he tends to talk about is man management and actually, you know, hugging the players and, and telling them they're good and, and, and reminding them that they're there for a reason. Uh, do you think that's his strength and maybe people are underplaying the tactical side of things with him? Well, I do think he's a good man manager because you don't have you don't have the players that he have that he's had playing for you if you're not a good manager he, you know he got some really big names for Bolton and he dealt with them very well I think he is a good man manager but I think where he's underrated is the is the sports science and the analysis the tactical side of it he probably is a little bit underrated because he's always had that thing that stuck with him as a long ball manager uh, Mourinho once said it was football from the 19th century I think he called it <laughs> And that's kind of always stuck with him. And, and it might be a little bit unfair because he is very, very meticulous uh, in terms of all the stats. He was probably a pioneer for that, really, in terms of Premier League. And that is part of his management as well um, as the guy who can put his arm around a, a, a big name um, or, or an up-and-coming player and, and try and get the best out of him. Apparently, he's reinvented himself and wants to be referred to as Ticketacker Allardyce. <laughs> <laughs> Just well, very that, Spanish. That was always his thing. He said it, it, if his name was um, um, Aladici, <laughs> would have worked. England manager by now. Salvatore Aladici. Now, we're, we're celebrating. The, the Welsh community here in Australia are celebrating, partying all night, uh, Mike, because uh, Wales are qualified for the Euros 2017, 2016. 2016. And, uh, and also they've got um, you know, Repu- uh, sorry, Northern Ireland have uh, qualified. Uh, so the Irish are partying and, uh, and Republic of Ireland, they, they could be partying very soon because they're in the playoffs. Um, it must be fantastic to be able to see Gareth Bale in a major tournament next year, given that they're qualified with Wales. Yeah, it's um, it's been one of the you know really uplifting stories over here. I think in the wake of Gary Speed's death, there was kind of 
when he was managing, he kind of thought, you know, which way could this Wales could really they could go one of two ways here, and they've gone the right way, and that was um, Chris Coleman getting absolutely everything um, and getting players enjoying playing for Wales. I think Gareth Pale just would would always. T- I think if, if he's injured or not, he'd still want to turn up for the uh, for the squad because he feels really part of it. Um, they've got they've got excellent players and deserve it. And you know could could cause a few shots next year. I think, and I'm you know, Ryan Giggs never made it, but it's it's great that that Gareth Bell can make it to a major tournament um, because he certainly deserves to. And um, Northern Ireland as well. Um, it's just <laughs> an absolutely incredible story. Um, so we're um, yeah, there's a lot of celebrating going on over here, and um, a lot of excitement about next year as well. Looking forward to Euro 2016. Hey, Mike, we're going to have to let you go, but uh, thanks for your time as always, and we'll catch up with with you again very, very soon. Cheers, guys. Speak to you soon. There's Mike McGrath from the UK. Hey, boys, let's take another break and come back with more of the Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. You could have locked our goalkeeper in a phone booth with Pamela Anderson, and he still wouldn't have got his hands on anything. This has been a sad coaching moment. By the four Diego's. It's just enough time to wrap up, boys. Uh, all Night Appetite with Scott Cooney on after the Diego's for six hours. A-League this weekend, Adelaide United take on Wanderers. Just give us a tip there, Vinny. Uh, sorry about Adelaide what? United I, and Western sorry, Sydney Wanderers. Sorry, excuse me, I reckon our Wanderers. Yes. I love them now. Oh, I reckon Adelaide. Adelaide, Adelaide at home. I, I agree. Not because I'd like to side with you, but uh, <laughs> Warren's not here. Yeah. Uh, Newcastle Jets and Sydney FC. Uh, Sydney. Yeah, Sydney for me. Yeah, Sydney for me too. Melbourne victory or Melbourne City? On oh, I reckon it's a draw. It'll be a tense, tense draw. No, I think victory's going to win. 2-1. Yep. 3-2 yeah, three, three, victory. Ooh. I reckon it's going to be a, a goal fest. Uh, Brisbane Roar and Central Coast Mariners on Sunday at 5. Oh, for J.A. Yeah, back R. to back. J.A. Yeah. and R.A., they're going to win it. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I reckon Brisbane Roar. Yeah, yeah, Roar. And uh, Perth Glory and Wellington Phoenix. Who cares, really? I mean, this is a <laughs> starby. This, uh, <laughs> Perth Glory at home. They've got to win. There you go. Perth Glory for me. Yeah, I'll go uh, Perth Glory. That's it for this week's show. We'll be back next Wednesday. So remember, Carlos. We were Puerto Rican girls hang out. We'll be there. Brumber and La Bamba. Over there. These girls are fruit on their head and balls in their feet. Over there. Wherever gringos play football. Over there. We are the Fort Diego. Over there.